Hi there. Now you'll understand that, as uh, Jeremy said, we are, or oh, I am English, my wife is English. Therefore, if you go quiet, I will assume I've offended you or I've been sarcastic and you don't understand it. So it would really help for me if you could uh, respond in one way or the other. Just by way of a, a bit of background, um, how we ended up here, um, Keris and I um, were married 27, 8, 9, something like that years ago. Um, as Jeremy said, we have three daughters. I think you guys at the back may have a picture of them for us. They're gorgeous girls. Um, but Keris and I have, have had a desire to, uh, we love your country, and we have had a desire to live here prob pretty well much since we got married. Um, I think we, we I lo love the positive outlook, the can-do attitude that you guys naturally have as part of your, uh, your part of your DNA. And we have tried at different times to, to move here, so I've looked at various visas for jobs and stuff like that, and it, it just didn't happen. Um, but it was something that we always wanted to do, and we got to a stage where we were able to do that or be able to look into doing that. Um, more permanently through uh, work and family situations. So I'll just give you a bit, little bit of history, just so you, you know kind of where we're coming from, where, where we've, uh, the journey that we've had. So uh, Keris and I decided that it would be great for us to move to California. Sounds like a good idea out of all the places in America. So we came to, uh, we arranged a trip, we got to know some people over there, and we, we arranged a trip uh, to go and see them. And I thought it would be a good idea if I did some work whilst I was here, so I might do house flipping. And some little bird told us that there was a, a guy who lived here that did house flipping. So we met Dan Reynolds in rugby. Um, so in Dan's inevitable style, he said to us, well, when are you coming over next? So we said, whenever it was, May. And he said, come and stay with us for 10 days. The, now, if you get that invite, there's something going on. All right, just so you know. So... So Keris and I came across and um, instantly felt a connection both with Dan and Fee and with actually the, uh, the city here in St. Charles. We both um, felt that we had been here before. Neither of us have, um, but just actually driving up the main street, I thought, I've seen this before. Whatever that was, whenever it was, I don't really know, but that was, that was the sense that we had. Had a great time, um, and then we went off to see our friends in California. Had a great time with them. Um, I think at that time they thought that we were going to be going there and they thought that would be great, you can work with us and we're doing this and we're doing that. So that's great. But we became more and more convinced that wasn't actually the place for us, um, both independently. So we'd, we'd not said anything uh, at all, but we, um, we had a great time there. And then we drove back and we stopped into uh, Napa on the way um, to San Francisco where we were flying out. So we uh, stopped into Napa for a few days and stayed in a hotel. Um, now, in um, our village where we live in Leicestershire, which is about 100 miles north of London, there is a pub called the Grey Goose. Um, it's a beautiful restaurant uh, pub in our, that's renowned in our village. And we, uh, we stayed, anyway, sorry, going back to Napa. We stopped in Napa, and in our bedroom, on the wall just above the bed, were two pictures. One of them was a blow-up of the Chicago area with St. Charles highlighted out. Remember, this is in Napa. And the other picture is of an English pub called the Grey Goose. And it's kind of like, whoa, what a coincidence. Um, 
but for us that had, we'd already made that decision so it was great because it was for us it was just a confirmation of a decision that God had already placed in our hearts and so we now fly back and forth so we uh, spend we get it trying to get a pattern that works but at the moment what we're going for is we're here for two weeks three weekends normally and then we fly back to the UK for four weeks um, and then we fly back and we're just doing that back and forth um, when we're in uh, the UK, we live in Leicestershire, which, as I say, is about 100 miles north um, of London. It's about 120 miles from Bath, but we go to the Bath Church. So we do it real easy. You know, we, we, just, we, just, um, we just love being involved. I think that's the thing, is that the relationships we have, the people that we've got to know, um, the people that share the same things as us, will do what it takes to be there and to be with them. So that, that's, uh, that's a, little about, a little bit about us, um, what we're doing. I don't work over here right now, um, or I'm not allowed to, which that's Mr. Trump's uh, contribution, but that's okay. Um, we're, it gives us time to rest. We're looking at one or two things, um, but I'm able to run what we do in the UK relatively um, comfortably from here. All right, so that's a bit about who we are and how we got here. What I want to sh uh, share with you this morning um, is something which... Uh, has, grow, has grown and grown and grown um, in me. Um, it, it's something which was, I would say, was not there from the beginning. And um, it's something which started probably by somebody else. So somebody else triggered this in me. Um, in my family where I grew up, um, I honor my mum and dad for who they were. But their, or, or their, if you like, discipling of us with various things was that you earned everything that you got. You didn't get anything for free. You worked, you worked, and you earned. And that was okay. That was okay. Um, it wasn't the best, but it was okay. I don't, as I say, I don't knock it down. But there was something more that was missing, which is the whole element of generosity and blessing. And I kind of, I kind of missed that. Then I uh, got together with Keris, and Keris's dad just modeled generosity. So I lived with that over and over and over again. And slowly it started to work, uh, work in me. When you're subjected to something that you like and see, it will slowly begin to work in you. So that's just what I want to share with you, um, share with you today. I think something that's it's there within us. I believe God was a generous and is a generous God. Right from the beginning, he gave us. He sent his son. Everything about him is give, give, give give no restriction no holdbacks no conditions just he just loves to give I've got something just for um, for Dan um, just because I couldn't pull together the notes a list or a, a, a uh, an acronym but what I have got for him is an alliteration God graciously and generously gives us great good gifts that we gain with gratitude and generously give away <laughs> but that just encaptures what God is all about and I can honestly say to you this is something which I live okay so what I'm sharing with you is in no way meant to um, be a reflection on me but just what it does do is say this is how I live this is something which has touched my life something which which has which has changed both Keris and myself so I'm sharing you right from what is in my heart I think it's just something which it causes us uh, to move into a place that we've not moved into before. It's, it's the greatest, believe me, it is great fun. 
It is absolutely wonderful fun just being generous, just giving stuff away, just seeing the impact on other people's lives and partnering with God in what he is doing. So whatever it is, it is great fun. I believe for um, there is a, a gift of generosity. It talks about that in um, Romans 12. But I think for all of us, because it's in our Father, there's a part of us which has a natural spirit of generosity anyway, just in the same way that you have people who have a prophetic gift, but yet we're all called to be prophetic. I believe there is a gift of generosity, but all of us have that in us to be generous. I was going to read 2 Corinthians 9, but I'm not going to do that. For those of you um, who just, just a bit in background, it's the scripture of sowing and reaping, which I think to start with, people uh, can respond in a way that says, what do you want from me? You know, what is it that I've got to do? Or it's a great, it's a great scripture to receive money. Yeah, I think it's been, it's been, ro- it's been wrongly applied, um, whether it be to uh, manipulate people or whether it to be, if you want a materialistic thing, so if you want great riches, give away. I believe God does operate the principle of sowing reaping, but my motivation for giving is not actually for what I'm going to get. It's because he gave me freely, because I've received freely, I'm just going to give away. The byproduct is that God will abundantly bless, as somebody's already shared today. I think it is a, an amazing blessing that we have to be able to generous, be generous to people. The whole principle of how it operates is how we see God in the first place. As I said, he was the one that gave us his son. He gives seed to the sower. He gave talents. Everything begins and starts with God. That's the principle. He is the source of life. He is the source of everything we have. And when we realize that, in fact, we realize all I am is a temporary steward. What he's given me is something for me to use, distribute, give away, work with, but it's him the one who's the source. It's not what I've earned. It's right from the beginning what he has given me. But it all begins, I believe what it does begin with is our ability to receive. Now, I don't know, this is a, this is a point where I don't know about your culture, so you may need to help me here. But in the UK, I would say that we have um, an issue with receiving. So often our attitude is when people bless us, our first response usually is, are you sure? So somebody offers to pay for a meal, are you sure? Or that's too much, or you shouldn't have, I don't deserve it. Then I, I don't know whether that's like it here or not, but that's how it is in the UK. There's almost an, it's, it's a kind of politeness, but it's actually, I think, a wrong attitude. Rather than, I believe we, our attitude should be, thanks so much, I really appreciate that, that has really helped, this has so blessed me, I receive this, this is an answer from God. Something about our ability to receive takes a hold of what we've been given and owns it for ourselves. Because what we tend to do as well, I think sometimes, is that we will turn the gift that's free into a debt. So if somebody buys for a meal for me, so I say, I'll get it next time. Or, well, yes, I suppose I paid for it last time. And you see what somebody has given us, they've just said, have this free gift. And we'll say, oh, I'm going to owe you something. Or I take that back in payment for what you've done. Whereas God is not like that with us at all. It's just give, give, give. Have the gift, have the gift, receive the gift. So 
if, you, if we ever go out, or if you ever take us anywhere, if any of you offer to pay for me, I will take you up on it dead easy. You may struggle to pay, as Dan will testify, I'll find ways of paying. But if you do, and if you get in first, I'll receive it. I, just I think it's so fun. I just love being in a competition with somebody to be able to bless them. It is great fun. It's a totally different way of living. It usually causes issues among the waiting staff, and if it's stuff like that, because they're like, well, how are you paying for this? And so it's, but it's great fun. I think for us, though, so if you like, so the barriers for us to receiving are pride, which I believe we cover up as politeness, in British society anyway. But it's, it's an issue for us. It was for me, when Keris's dad first started to give us things, um, not, he'd never the thing is, he never replaced our source. He just blessed us. So at no point did he effectively become my wage or something which I lived on. He just gave us blessing. But as, to start with, it was, quite, it was kind of difficult. I felt, well, I've not earned this. You know, I've not, what, what job have I done for this? I haven't. And so it was, it was an adjustment, uh, it was an adjustment fee. So I think pride stops us. Suspicion. I'm afraid in our, in our current era, it's what do you want? What is it that you're wanting to buy? Are you trying to buy me? Are you trying to win my favor? Um, or we're unworthy. No, I, I don't deserve that. I don't, I don't deserve this. Um, or I don't have an ability uh, to reciprocate. And therefore, but it's all wrapped up in this whole issue of pride. And we just need to be open-handed as we are with God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Unreservedly, don't owe anything. I just receive from you. Because God will cause that. That needs to happen first for you to be able to release generosity to other people. Because if we haven't received it from God for ourselves, we can't give it away. Because that's the whole point of us and being generous is that what we give away carries nothing of I owe you, but just carries just have it. That's the attitude that we have. So what does generosity look like? It's great fun, as I've said. It brings joy and it's absolute delight. If your response is not that, could I gently suggest that we haven't quite got it? Because it is it is great fun. It's lovely to see. There's nothing more than I love to see people's faces <laughs> like that. And it, it, it is far better. Oh, you shouldn't. Oh, it's too much. This, that, the other. It's not about that. It's a matter of saying, do you know what? It gives me greater joy to see God's children being, having their socks blessed off because it's something of his heart. And that's his heart for us. Always giving us, always loves to our, our response. I believe it's not a matter, or it is, sorry, a matter of the heart, not the wallet. It's the evidence of somebody who has freely accepted and received and now takes the responsibility to give it away. As I said at the beginning, we are a, we, we, all we are is just a conduit of what God's already given to us. I believe, and I was going to ask Hannah, but I didn't have time about this, but in the Greek, actually generosity is all about sharing. It is a sharer. That was, that's, that's what it actually, uh, the root word means. I think what we can do as well is that it's fun to find ways to give to people. So one of the things is just by listening to God's voice and to do it in secret. And believe me, that's the best. 
we sometimes, and, and I won't, uh, they're, not, they're not here, they're in the UK, so it's great, but we felt one time to give um, some money to a couple, and I think actually seeing a bunch of cash on your floor is hilarious. <laughs> So, so we, were, we went out, it was, it was uh, but I thought, how am I going to do this without them knowing? So um, I'd, already, I'd already sensed that this is what God wanted us to do. So I went and got the cash during the day, and then I woke Keris up at three o'clock in the morning and said, how do you fancy go and have some fun? And I was just talking about, obviously, for us to do this. So we went, we're, we're there, 50, a couple of 50... You're not 50 yet, are you? Okay, a, a 40 and a 50 year person creeping across a garden at 4 o'clock in the morning, poking their eyes through somebody's letterbox to making sure there's not a dog or something else going on the end. What the police would have made, I don't know. So there we are, stuffing money through somebody's letterbox. And what I go away with is the sheer delight and laughter of God's heart thinking he's going to see their face in the morning. And it's going to be so fun. And it's got nothing to do with the amount of money. It's the understanding of God's heart for those people. And I think the other part of said is that you're partnering with God. They are, um, they're a couple who are dedicating themselves to a project that God uh, gave them a dream about 15 years ago. And um, they, uh, they live, lit, do live pretty well much from faith to faith, from provision to provision. And uh, they were wanting a holiday. And um, he had sat down with his kids the night before and had said, look, guys, unless God comes up, we're going in a caravan over here. So very local. There's nothing wrong with that, but he was just setting their expectations. Um, But he had in his mind how much they would need to have an amazing holiday. So that's, that's what they're doing. They're just getting up in the morning. He gets, and he was, very, he was very honest. We tried not, I didn't really want him knowing who it was, but we happened to be seeing them for dinner a few days later. Um, but he, first of all, um, saw the, came down, saw the uh, notes, and thought, oh, that's great, but it's probably only this much, whatever figure it was. And so he, he felt a really check from God that somebody's blessing him, but he, he's just not getting it. And then their kids, and this is the thing, this thing spreads because their kids getting involved and they're counting like monopoly money. <laughs> but it's real. So they're stacking it up and all the rest of it. Anyway, it came back that this is exactly the amount that they had in their hearts to go off and take a holiday. So it's, it's brilliant <laughs> because it was our privilege to be involved in something that somebody else had pr- prayed to be actually to see it come about. So for them, a miracle occurred and it did occur. Um, it's just that God used us in something that he had originally given us to hold on to and give away at that time. And that, that is fantastic. That is probably the best. Um, just being involved in that, um, just listening to God. What, what are you saying? Um, who do you want us to bless? And uh, that's been amazing. I think the other thing for us, or something that I've been aware of uh, more recently, is just the whole sense, I believe it, it is in... I think it's in James, but it talks about when we're aware of things. I think that's, that's amazing when we hear God. But I think just particularly as a body, if we're aware of things, then <clears throat> it's great to be able to pray, but I love to be able to give as well. So if people have got a need that they're just sharing, just casually talking to you about, I'm always checking my own heart. 
What is it? Should I be involved in this? Is this something that I can meet? As just a person because it, in, the, in the body so that it's not, oh yes, pray, it talks about pray for your brother, somebody who has need of clothes, and you say, I'll pray for you, and the guy goes away without anything. You know, and it's, it's kind of like, this is just fairly basic stuff. This person's got a need. They've shared that with me. I can meet that need. I'm going to do that. That's just life in a family, as it would be for any of us parents with our children. If it's within our power, then that's what we're going to do. I'm not saying that's on everything, but I think it's being sensitive to what God is saying to us. Just what John said, um, I think the whole thing of giving, being an obedient lifestyle, so our attitude in responding to giving our tithe and giving our offering. just want to share something with you on that, which may be helpful um, for uh, people, is that when, we, uh, when Keris and I first got married, we had pretty much nothing. Our um, definition of a night out was 50 pence or 50 cents to hire a video once a month. That was it. Um, that was our date night in. Um, and that's the way it was. And at the time, um, we couldn't see anything out of it. We, were, we had enough just literally just to survive. Um, every penny was counted for. And I got under huge pressure that we should be tithing. Um, I, we were told that you can't afford not to. And, you know, you need to do this so God can devout the... Uh, can, um, uh, rebuke the devourer, which is a strip, scripture in Malachi, heaped it all on. Um, so I felt really bad. Um, and I thought, I can't do this. Or I think we, we tried once month, uh, uh, one month, and we were short by the amount of our tithe at the end of it. And I'm just being real with you. <laughs> that's, where, that's where it was at for us. And I wanted to quote all the scriptures back to God that he'll do this and release this blessing. I'll have more than I can, you know, contain but the reality for me at that time wasn't. Part of that, I believe, is because my heart response was to do it out of legalism and respond to man's conviction rather than something of my own. And I, couldn't, I just couldn't square this, so we kind of tra- trundled on um, for a few months. But then um, I was just praying one day, and God sort of said to me, then you give me what you can. We'll start with where you're at. Um, and so that's what we did. And so I'd resol- this is the thing I'd resolved in my heart. God, this is what I know your plan is for me. This is your desire for me, that I will be in a position. So what I'm going to do is I'll give you what I have for now. Not what's left over, but what I, have, what I believe is right to give in my heart for now. But God, I won't take anything until you are fully, until I'm fully there. So if you like percentage terms, it might have started off at half a percent. And 1%. But what happened is, as soon as I had a salary rise for work, I gave that all to God. Until such time as that we were fulfilling what I believed was right for us at that time. And then I started to take, effectively, you know, our, our money on top. And that was a great release. It was a great release for us. It actually only took two pay rises, which actually happened within four months which was staggering um, for us. It really was the blessing of God because during that time as well, um, Keris had stopped working. Um, she was pregnant. So it was kind of like, let's try and squeeze as much pressure on as we can here. But just to see that happen um, was quite incredible. But it just came about from just being my heart before God saying, this is what I want to do. This is my desire. But Lord, I need your help with this because just doing what I'm supposed to do isn't going to cut it. 
And so that's just something of our, um, our journey where that's moved me from one place where I was physically, we just didn't have the money to a place of having great uh, blessing. I think giving in secret results in God getting all the glory. And the only reason I'm mentioning some of the things today is purely as an illustration. I would rather not. And I think it's great fun just to be totally anonymous because then people are sharing it with you. Oh, do you know this has happened? Really? This, oh, it was amazing. This, this, is really, that's great. And it's lovely just because you understand something of God's heart that says he just loves to bless us and he loves people to be, just be able to receive and say, look, this is fantastic. You're a good God, which he is. And to play a part in that is absolutely amazing. I think I would, what happens as well is that we can infect other people with our own generosity. Um, our youngest daughter up there, she is a primary, uh, uh, what do you call it, kindergarten teacher. And she was just chatting to me in the car one day about uh, the, uh, one of her assistants that helps her. And she said she's down on her hours and her husband's about to take a second job. So he's working seven days a week and all, and all the rest of it. And she said, I couldn't do it without her. And she's amazing. And I just felt uh, God pop into my heart to give uh, this woman a certain amount of money. But I really, again, understanding British culture, I said to her, you need to talk to her about that. Because if I just come along and give her some money, she could well be offended. Um, because people could see it as charity. Or they wonder what on earth, you know, what's, again, what's your motive? Why would, why would you do this? So uh, Olivia, our youngest daughter's name, is I, I told her. And I said, you're going to have a word with her. Um, just say, my dad would like to do this. So she did. She did and, uh, of course, in true British style, oh, I don't deserve that. Why would he do that? And uh, first of all, the, she, she's a re, sort of kind of refusing, but it would be amazing. It's like this tussle going on. I don't want to accept it, but that would be absolutely amazing for us. And so what her response was, Olivia continued to talk to you, well, my dad's just like that. And she, that's, that's, what she, that's what she said to this lady. Um, and she goes, well, has it something to do with church? I know they go to church. And, uh, you know, that's the, the, the woman's response. And, it, and she goes, I've heard of giving to church, but I've never heard of receiving from church. That, that's, her, that's her world. And so it was great just to be able to, just to, I said to Olivia, just, you know, as, as long as she, she was going to check with her husband, that that was going to be okay. So we were able to do that. But my daughter was involved in the process, and I kind of thinking, we're sowing into her something of what God's sown into us. And there's an impact to her. And I believe there's an impact to that lady as well. It's not that she's been bought, but there's something that she's captured that says they belong to a church where they give out. That's something that I could go for. So that's been, that's been fantastic to be able to do that. I think the thing is, for, as well, for being, for being generous, one of the things that God will cause us to be become stewards of what he's given us because being generous doesn't mean, to take, doesn't mean to say that you get taken advantage of. And that's why it's important in having and in operating in that, you're sort of like there's no restrictions, you just give out, you just give out, you just go out, but you're listening to God's Spirit. What's he saying about this? Where should I be giving to this? And just having a pure motive. You know, we know of Ananias and Sapphira who decided it would be a good idea to give something for an appearance sake didn't end well for them. Um, they chose poorly, uh, as 
as the uh, as the expression would go. But I think just having that pure mode, if that's where you're coming from, if you understand God's given to me freely, I've received freely, so I can distribute out, it doesn't require anything of me. So how do I begin? How does this all start? So I believe, first of all, it begins with a change of our mind. It causes a change of a mindset that says, actually, this is representative of who my father is, rather than I'm doing what I've been told to do. I know I should be, or this is what I feel the word says, so therefore I must do it. It actually is more of my mind says, God, I understand something of who you are, and I want to be like you. So that God's nature becomes more comfortable with us, of who he is like, we become more like him, that says this is going to transform who I am. I believe it's a lifestyle that we, cu- we cultivate. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, I believe the thought process that we change is something we decide and happens instantly. But living a lifestyle of generous will start with, might start with small amounts. And it's not about, that's the thing, it's not about the size you know, for somebody who needs a meal, um, I'm just trying to do it in here in the UK, $7 is a lot for somebody who needs a meal. We were in, uh, we were in Bath and uh, I met a guy, this has really touched me, I met a guy on the street there. And I have to say, again, part of our British thing, I'm always suspicious of people on the street, you know, thinking, well, are you gonna buy, if I give you any money, you're going to buy drugs, are you going to do this, you're going to do the other. And I don't want to be... I don't want to be complicit in that, but this chap came to me and he said, could you give me some money for some food? So I said, no. He said, but I will take you and buy you something. So I said, come with me. And we went, there's a McDonald's opposite the Bath Church. So I said, you can have anything you want, whatever it is. So uh, he started off by looking at the, I think they probably have it here, the dollar menu. And I'm saying, that ain't going to do nothing for you. Choose, choose this. So I kind of helped him, you know, found the biggest meal that I could choose. And, uh, and that's what he did, paid, uh, paid for that for him. And what he said to me kind of shook me, really. He, he said to me, he said, you think I'm worth £6.50. That's how much it is. And he wasn't being judgmental. For him, the fact that somebody would do that rather than throw a bit of coppers, uh, coins at him, if you like, whatever you call it, a few cents, but it would actually take him and do something like that meant far more. And it just shows you something of God's heart. For that guy, £6.50 is what it took to transform his view of what people thought of him. So this is not about quantity. It's just a matter of listening to God's heart and it will transform other people's lives. I think there needs to be a release for us or in some of us. For me, it was a release from a poverty mentality. Now, I was not poor at home. Um, we did go through tough times. I'm talking about when I, was a, when I was a child. But I didn't live in a poor house. But there was something of a poverty mentality. You can only have what you earn. And you've got to hold on to it. You've got to earn everything. And there's not that sense of exuberance. And I believe that's a whole which will, you know, will affect us. I do believe it's right that we work. And I do believe God blesses the work of our hand. And we can't just sit there and say, okay, God, I'm here. Just pour all the money in. He's going to say, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with this? How are you going to use it? But just that sort of poverty mindset I just needed to get rid of because um, I, th- I thought it was something of a, and it was an upright standard to earn everything. And I, as I say, it is right, but I think it restricts us from the blessings that God has. I know I, I've heard of people who have, um, I think it was a friend of Keris's, where they, um, 
adopted somebody or they fostered the, um, a girl and she had been uh, without food. And what she did is when they had a meal, she just grabbed everything and kept grabbing it and grabbing it and grabbing it, tucking it aside, not eating it, but saving it for later. Because although she was in a family environment, she brought with her that orphan spirit that says, this might be the last meal I have. And so there was a changing there of a process that says, actually, I'm now in a family. I don't grab for everything when the going's good. Actually, my God's going to supply all my need, and he's going to continually do that day and day and day. So it's, it's something which we can, uh, we just need to work through. As I said, there is a measure. There is a measure, whether it start with um, uh, one dollar, um, certain people have different things. My, uh, my brother, which again is a strange thing because I don't have a lot of contact with him. He lives in Australia. Um, but for him, God started to work uh, in him the same sort of thing. And uh, he started with God challenging him to give $30. Uh, he was in Australia there and for one specific thing, God challenged And that's all he had left. And then the next time God challenged him to give $30, then $300, then $30,000, then $300,000. He has a desire to do something with the youth, and he did a little bit of IT work a few years ago, which he was given shares for rather than work, and he's just received $3 million for the sales. Which is something where you see God's plan. And it's not that he started, but he started with 30 that was where it started, and that was just part of his process. So it's fantastic seeing the end of the scale. Believe me, he would testify when God asked him to give the 300,000, he was sweating. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a deposit. I mean, that was the ironic thing. It was a deposit that they had got together for this property they wanted to buy. Again, just to bless youth and to work with youth, but God had a different way of uh, providing for him. So that was amazing. So I think it's... Um, I w- this is what I wrote down. Stingy. Do you have the word stingy in the US? Stingy is not about giving a little. It's about holding on to what God has given you to give. Stingy is not about giving little. It's about holding on to what God has given you to give. So I am the steward of my time. It's not necessarily about money. That's the other thing. I've, I've concentrated on that because that's sometimes how we can lock in. But I, le- but I believe we have so many different commodities. Money is just one of them. Time, blessing. What, we, what God has given, I believe each of us has a gift and each of us has a part to play in our church here. And what am I do- I'm challenged myself. What am I doing for that? So it, like it says in, in, uh, in Romans, if your gift is this, do this. If your gift is this, do that. Use it. And I would challenge you to start with that. What is the gift that God has placed in each one of you? And how are you working that out in the church here? Not that you feel condemned by it, but it's just like, God, you've given me this. This can be so much of a blessing to everybody else because I believe God joins us one, one to another and God's put us in a family for the purpose of us playing our part in whatever that is. Um, So that's where it begins. Um, The thing that I wrestled with, it's something else I wanted to uh, chat with Hannah, but she'll either have to shake her head or nod at me. And this is just being useful. Um, But the whole principle of uh, sowing and reaping, and am I giving to get? 
And I understand and I believe it's right that we are a people that expect things from God, that we have a faith that God is going to meet this or do this, but that that doesn't become our motivation. Because actually what is in God's heart is that I just give. That was his heart to us, to give unconditionally, without restriction, without limitation, without expectation, without payback. He expects a result. That's why when he gave the talents to people, he expects to see a return. But that's not the condition by which he gave them. He just said, there you go. Do what you will with it. And so that that whole idea, I think, it is important uh, for us to be expectant, but not for it to become something which drives us. It's not a monetary opportunity. It's not an investment in the sense of, oh, well, if I give £10, then, God, you're going to give me £1,000 back. I believe it is an investment, but it's in the investment in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God. And the return that we get isn't necessarily in that. I'm aware of, of people that have said, oh, well, you know, I'm just waiting for God to give me $100,000 because I've given 1000 He might do. He might do. I'm not in any way going to restrict on what God does. But if the motivation is actually, this is just another bank. This is just a really generous bank, and that's the way I'm going to do it. Rather than, God, you've given me freely. I'm going to invest in your kingdom. We're going to see a return. And you know what, God? I'm going to leave you <laughs> to show where that return will be. Because I believe that's something where we can say, well, this is something that I've earned, but God, you work on it. Because his way of dealing with it and his, if you like, working out of what I've given him to do is far better than what I could do. And I believe there are things that we do in this whole area of generosity that have eternal consequences that we don't realize and we probably never will realize until such time as we may see him again. And he says, oh, you remember that? This is the impact And you see things like this, and if you have that eternal thinking, you realize that what you might see as something small actually is having major, major consequences elsewhere. We don't always have to understand it. What we do have to do is trust that God will multiply, as you said this morning, what we give in whatever way that is. Because God is a God of multiplication. He will multiply it. He will bless it. I think for me, the biggest thing that I would love to convey to you, if I've not done it, I will just repeat it again, is to understand that this is in no way any obligation. It doesn't come from a spirit of obligation or thinking, I have to do this. Because if it is, it's just turned into a law. There is a law of sowing and reaping, but it's for the purpose of blessing. And so therefore, this is something which God will take you on a journey for, and it'll be fun. If it's not fun, it's not right. Okay, there may be, there could be sacrifice involved, but what you will see will totally transform the way you look at things, the way you um, are generous in yourself. You'll think, Lord, I just love doing this. I love giving to people. I love seeing you work. I love responding to the things that you've done. And because of that, then, the whole thing of generosity changes. Because I must confess, if somebody spoke about generosity immediately, this is my assumption, this had been my assumption, how much do you want? That's the way it was. Um, Because I assumed that this was a call to give. In fact, this is a call to receive, to enjoy great blessing, great fun, great enjoyment without limitation that will transform who you are and who you come across. That's it.